I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my interview today was a real treat. I felt so privileged to be interviewing director uh, Stephen Campanelli about his new film, Indian Horse. And there's several reasons why I was so thrilled to be doing this. One, because Indian Horse is a new Canadian film uh, by, uh, based on a, the award-winning bestseller by Richard Wagamese, uh, the book Indian Horse, uh, kind of autobiographical to some degree, a novel about our First Nations, Métis, and Inuit uh, folk in, in Canada. It's about hockey. It's about history. It's about residential schools. It's it's about forgiveness. And, and Stephen and I get into a little bit uh, of that, and we get into the, 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 I mean, right from the establishing shot that Stephen, you know, uh, begins the film with, we, we know that we're rooted in this sense of mystery and, 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 and deep uh, Canadian history that we we need to we need to deal with, and we are dealing with it to some degree. But we've got such a long way to go. And Steve and I get into that, and we talk about how 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 uh, Richard's uh, quote about how stories are meant to heal, and and we talk about the horse of change, and that will come up for you if you see the film, and when you see the film, more importantly, and how words are so visual. Stephen talks a great deal about that. The other reason why it was such a treat for me is Stephen has been uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, Steadicam operator, and uh, he's worked on all kinds of films. I think for the last 25 or 26 years, uh, he's been working with Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood is a executive producer of the film, which just takes it to a whole other level and, and gives it another reason why you need to get out and see this film. So coming right up, Stephen Campanelli and I uh, talk about his new film that he's directed, Indian Horse, coming soon, truly coming soon, to a theater near you. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and speaking, and also face-to-facelive.ca for uh, more there, too. We will be right at you momentarily with director Stephen Campanelli talking about his new film, Indian Horse. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest uh, today. Uh, Stephen Campanelli is here with us, uh, director of his new film, Indian Horse. Stephen, thank you so much uh, for your time today. 
Oh, you're very welcome, David. Glad to be here. Yeah, I, uh, a, I can't believe we, we, we got you. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic news. Believe it or not, uh, I tried to get a hold of you uh, at TIFF this year. I was down there, interviewed about 31 producers and directors this year. It was a bit of a crazy year for me, but but, oh, wow. uh, but you and I just, our, our schedules didn't align. So thanks oh, for... Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, <laughs> no, but hey, listen, maybe we'll get to meet face-to-face at some point down the road. So, oh, sure. so let's dive right in. Indian Horse, first of all, congratulations on a uh, a gorgeous film and, and, a, and a deeply moving uh, story. I, I, I mean, there's just, there's some beautiful moments, there's difficult moments, and, and, and I just wanted to say right out of the gate, congrats on that. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and I'm so honored and proud to uh, have been a part of this, for sure. So somebody said that Richard Wagamese's uh, writing, Stephen, was you know, honest and brave and authentic. And my guess is um, you, you knew the man, you met him, you've, you've read him and so on. Uh, is, is, is that, can you say that that might be one of the things that, that pulled you in, his, his, his honesty, his, his authenticity? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I read, uh, I mean, Indian Horse was the first book I read of his, and then I've been reading subsequent other ones, and he's just such a brilliant uh, writer with the brutality and the honesty and the uh, thoughtfulness he puts into all his words. And for me, being a visual storyteller as a cameraman, his words are very visual and uh, poetic and and Mm. cinematic is the right word, I would say, I guess. So that's what really struck me. As I was reading Indian Horse, I was already imagining the film, you know, I was already imagining the imagery. And when I met Richard Wagamese and we talked about this, he was saying, yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly. So we were right on the same level, uh, the same page right from the get go, which is amazing. I love, I love this idea of words being visual. I mean, is that, is it, do you think that was something that was really intentional for him as a storyteller? Or do you think it just came through because of his, I mean, his wife talks about his, well, he talks about it at great length in his writing, but his traumatic past, his deeply, uh, uh, I guess, wounded self, I guess you could say. I mean, do you think that has something to do with that visceral edge? I would think so. I think, you know, a lot of writers write from what they've experienced. They write from their pain, they from suffering or joys or whatever. And I think Richard was definitely that. You know, he, he definitely lived through a lot of things that we read in the book, you know, and what parts we're not really sure, but you just know he's been through something because the way he writes is very personal and very um, visual, like we were saying, and I think you can only do that by experiencing it, unless you have, which he does have, this tremendous imagination because you read some of his Mm. other books, and the imagination, because they're all fiction, it's just spectacular, and he describes every character in such detail that you just can, again, see it in front of you, and that's the beauty of his writing, you know. Do you find that there's, um, I, I, and help me out here, but I think you, you kind of bookend the film. Your establishing shot is, is I think, uh, the beginnings of what is the end of the film, the, 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 I guess the, the nod to the great mystery, to the, 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 Indi- uh, to the, the, the horse of change. And, right. And is, is there a sense of that in, in, in Richard's writing as well that you were really conscious of uh, having that sort of woven in? Or do you feel that that just kind of made its way into the film because of your, you know, your passion and your, your desire to make a great film? 
Well, I think it's um, everything that uh, you know is on the screen and in, was in the script and was our guy was was basically Richard. It was Richard's book wow. and words, his words just guided us. And you know that 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 description of the horses of change. We might we must ride the horse of change uh, to survive. Is you know from the book lifted from the book and part of my contribution to the script. Um, you know, Dennis Foon wrote this amazing beautiful screenplay uh but i still wanted more essence of richard's book mm. into the screenplay and so mm. some of those were the things that i pulled out of the book to um i believe that one was already in but right. some of the other stuff that i wanted to pull it out of the book to put in the script you know dennis and the producers were just right away absolutely we got to put that in yes definitely and uh so again it was all um all started at uh you know the genesis of richard writing indian horse and just staying true to it as much as we could. I love I love how you open the film with the quote, your words, your voice, our honor and privilege. Oh, um, thank you, yeah. It's just, I mean, talk about setting a tone. Oh boy, I know, right? I mean, again, it's still Richard, you know, even though yeah. he's, he's no longer with us, he's still with us. I, I say at every screening we've ever had of this movie, he is there. I know nice. he's just smiling, just so proud and happy that what he's done is he's brought so many people together, and that's the beauty mm. of his storytelling. Now it's, he's got a worldwide audience in the cinemas that can see his words and his story, and that he's bringing together people that would never be together, you know, and it's just, that's the beauty. And I just know he's always in there, and he's always watching us, and he's always just very, very proud, you know, and it makes me really, really happy and, uh, again, honored to be, oh. be a part of this, you know. It's got to it's gotta change to the, the, I mean, when you when you have that sense of, hmm, I don't know about obligation, but that level of kind of import, you know, like, to, yeah. we want to tell this story, not only, we, we don't want to be true to it, but boy, this is, this there's a huge responsibility here, I would think. Absolutely, it was a massive responsibility, you know, especially being a non-indigenous director. Right, it was, of course. Yeah, it was a really big deal, and you know, there was a lot of focus on that. They're like, why is a non-indigenous director telling this indigenous story? And I just say, it's just, it's not a, a fact of indigenous or non-indigenous. It's a human story. Yeah. It's basically, you know, a lot of countries did this to their native people, and Canada is no exception. And it's, you know, we as Canadians, we're always like, oh, Canadians are so nice. That's right. You That's know, right. <laughs> yes, we are. But look what we did to our our yeah. beautiful indigenous people. I said, we've got to talk about this. We've got to get this out in the light. And and the good thing is, you know, Canada's done that now. It's a reconciliation right. commission right. and. No one's hiding it anymore, and that's part of this whole journey of Indian Horse. Is like we're not hiding from this anymore. We're telling the story. Right. We're going to put it in your face, and uh, it's part of history, and we just need to accept that. You know? I had the um, I had the honor of uh, interviewing Dr. Marie Wilson uh, oh, wow. about yeah. a year and a half ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I was doing some work with the Canadian Race Relations Foundation, and we had uh, about thirty minutes together, and just getting some you know some more. Uh, I just guess insight, you know, into those 94 calls to action, you know, and oh, that, yeah. that sense of, you know, it feels so long ago, Stephen, and yet I watch your film and it's just so present. And we have so, <laughs> you know, I think it's an understatement to say that we've got quite a bit of work to do. Yes, that is a very big understatement. It's uh, it's not going to happen overnight and we have a lot of work to do. And I think this is just scratching at the surface right now. But if we can make more movies like Indian Horse and tell this story and get more books out. And I, I know Indian Horse now is part of the curriculum here in Ontario, and I know across Canada it's starting to be nice. also. And, fantastic. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking it's it's starting, you know, and, and yeah. we're going to give Indian Horse the movie to a lot of the educators across the country so they can show it to their students and continue the conversation. Well, and let's, because, uh, let's yeah. give a shout-out to the website as well. Um, 
Yes. Uh, uh, you've got you've got resources there. Um, you've got some history there about residential schools. Some really uh, difficult photos, frankly. I mean, I, I, iconic, I suppose, in their own way. But but and you bring those into the credits at the end of the film in a beautiful way as well. That just. I don't know, take you to a whole other level, you know, I, I just, you know, I watch a story, uh, indianhorse.ca, I believe is, is, is the website. That's it, yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. check it out for our listeners. Um, the, the, you know, there, there's just a sense where you, you watch this and you don't want to believe it, you know, yes. where not, not, not because Canadians are nice and generous. I don't mean that. I just, how, how did anyone ever think this kind of hatred, this kind of racism, this kind of anger was a good idea. Like it just, it's it's <laughs> exactly. just mind-boggling. It really is, and and you, you can't imagine it. I mean, you look in this day and age, and you know, yeah, sure, racism still exists all over the world, but it's not to this level of what we did to these beautiful people, put them in these horrible schools, and take them away from their families. And I describe it to people that have kids, and I have a, a you know a fourteen and a half year old daughter. I said, imagine if someone came into your home yeah. with a piece of paper and said, "Oh yeah, we're taking your kids away." Like what? Like what parent would go? Oh okay, you know it's like yeah. it's a horrible yeah. off, thing. Off you go. Off you go. Yeah. You know it, it's horrible that we just forced them to abandoned their children and they didn't know where they went half the time and then as you know a lot of them tried to escape and they died in the process and it's just a it's just a horrible story so that's why i'm glad we're talking about it that's the great thing is that we're getting the conversation going you know the um the the scene in the film and i don't want to give too much away for people who are hopefully going to be going to see it uh, coming out by the way in mid-april uh, is it is it a wide uh, is it north american release what's the plan? it's a can, all canadian all release canadian uh, at cineplex odeon theaters nice. all across canada yeah, april 13th okay april good 13th. good and we'll yeah. push we'll push that out on social as well for you awesome. so Thank so you. so there's a scene where uh, there's a christmas play a christmas pageant i guess you could say being put on by right. by some of the young uh, the children the students and being directed by the teachers and they're singing hymns and then there's they're singing silent night and you cross cut it with a really horrific violent scene and and again it just there's a sense and i and i want to sort of bring that tie that back to the really right near the beginning of the f film where where one of your characters says well if you don't understand where we've been you know how how can we possibly you know move move into the future and there's a exactly. sense there's a sense in which i don't think canadians i don't think north americans really get it no, they don't. Exactly. Yeah, you can't have a future without history. You know, and uh, you, you don't. You'll never know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. And that's the whole premise of the movie: is that you need to discuss and see what happened in the past to be able to move into the future. And I think that's where we're at right now as a country. It's like we're admitting what happened in our past. We're not proud of it. We're ashamed of it. We're trying to have some reconciliation, but like you said earlier, it's just going to take a long time. I uh, I uh, I love the way uh, I guess Richard, but I love the way you and and uh, uh, you know your team kind of rooted the salvation, if I can use that word, or the redemption, I guess, the redemptive part of this story and film in in, in on the ice. You know, it, it's it's without a, a doubt, uh, you know, uh, connected to hockey and rooted in the game and so on in this art of play. But for me, one of the one of my favorite parts of the film was was. Uh, uh, Saul's learning how to skate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it's a it's a nice release from all the horrible things we're seeing, and that there's this moment of just pure innocence and just pure 
escapism. And I think we as Canadians all remember our first time on the ice. And we think we're, you know, Jean Beliveau or Bobby Orr or whatever, and we're just going to get out there. You know, and then it just, boom, it just turns into this, you know, ankles bent and falling. That's right. Yeah. 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 For me, uh, it was, for me, it was Bobby, Bobby Orr. And then I think, I think Daryl Sittler, actually. I'm, I'm oh, old, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm old yeah. enough to, to, to say <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Bobby Orange. There were a few others. I actually actually uh, lived in Montreal for a couple of years, and Frank oh, Mahovlich cool. oh, of course, down yeah. the road. And no Absolutely. kidding, Stephen, I knocked on his door, and I got his autograph. I was about seven years old, if you can believe that. Oh, so, that is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a pretty... That is beautiful. Pretty, I was a huge... I was a goalie when I was a kid, and okay. I was a huge Ken Dryden fan. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He was my idol, and I used... I knew where he lived, in NDG, where I grew yeah, up, and yeah. I would stand outside of his apartment <laughs> sometimes waiting to see if I'd catch a glimpse, <laughs> and I never got to meet him and never saw him. So if he's listening, hopefully someday we can do that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's so good. Those kind of stories are so cool and you know what's interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna pull in richard here rich i believe richard said in one native life uh um i'm gonna i'm gonna screw up the quote because i'm gonna i'm gonna make it too simple but basically telling telling our stories allows us to heal yeah and you know here you and i never met commiserating over you know as kids talking about hockey you know what is what is that going to lead us to you know uh, you know, as we as we start to unpack our lives together, right? If we were going to choose to do that, and, right? Exactly. And, and and then you beautifully bring that into the end of the film as well, where 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 there's a woman sort of at. The, I guess I'm I'm guessing it's at the session where she says, "The more the more you talk about it, um, what is it? The healing the healing takes place inside you." Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's Edna. She's the grandmother Edna, in the you. movie. Yeah, she plays um, the grandmother in the movie, and that's her voice talking about that because she was taken away to a residential school when she was six years old. So she's telling this story to uh, leave it as her legacy and to, and to show what happened and what went on. So it's, she's just this beautiful, beautiful soul and wonderful woman that you know speaks what she felt. She speaks from the heart, and that was one of her quotes. Exactly, is the healing takes place while you're talking about it was it was it important to you to have you know not just actors in the film but non first nations metis inuit actors as well uh, oh uh, yeah it's very important to stay as authentic as possible you know because it's an ojibwe story yep. but it's also you know all the other uh band story too yeah, i mean sure, it's, sure. It's all across canada and, and and the united states too of course and so um, it was very important to cast as realistically as we could. And we got very lucky. We got some really amazing, talented Ojibwe actors. And my goal from the beginning was not to cast. I mean, there's, an, there's a great pool of wonderful indigenous actors all across Canada and mm-hmm. the United States. And, you know, and there's, I just didn't want the ones that were recognized. Like APN right. has some great shows and we're wonderful cast. And I said, I don't want the ones that are known across Canada. I want people that are unknown. They'll, you'll believe them in this story so right. much. So I got very, very fortunate that I got this amazing, you know, uh, almost unknown cast that just, just blew the movie away, you know. Spe- speaking of fortune, um, can we talk a little about you for a second before we get back to the film and the story? <laughs> so, so, t- so tell me, how, pray tell, did you get Clint Eastwood involved? Ah, well, um, you know, I've been working with Clint Eastwood for 24 years uh, as his camera operator, and, um, you know, we have a great tight bond, and, uh, you know, it's a wonderful, beautiful relationship, and basically, as a director, I've learned everything from the master, and he's just really, you know, taught me everything and supported me about performances and acting and all that. 
Um, so I showed in the movie boy, a couple months after I, I was still working on the edit, but it was getting pretty close, and I wanted to get his opinion and see it. And I told him about it, and he said, well, that's going to be a great story. You know, you know, let me see it when you finish. Anyway, so I flew to Warner Brothers, and uh, we saw it at a small little screening room, and beautiful big screen, though. Uh, it was like six of us in the theater as the producers of his last movie, and Clint, of course. And I sat right next to him, and um, he was still. He didn't move at all. Mm. Like, he was watching the movie just transfixed. And I and I kept looking over. I thought, well, I hope he didn't fall asleep. <laughs> but he was mesmerized. And literally, when the credits came up and the lights came back on, he just turned to me and he says, "This is really, really good." And I went, "Oh, wow, thank you." And he goes, "No, it's really good." And he got up and just said, "How can I help and wow. I, to get people to see this movie?" And you know, because he knows it's just a, you know it's a little Canadian movie, and he right. says people need to see this story. He was right. upset as I was, like, "Why did why? How can we do this to these beautiful people?" And he said, you know, and I said, well, boss, you know, if you could call him boss, I said, if we could uh, get your name to help promote the movie he, right away, without a uh, hesitation, he says, absolutely, use my name, do what you need, get people to see this movie. And it's just beautiful that he's been a champion of this movie, and, uh, you know, we're just blessed that he um, came on board, and uh, he's a big believer in, um, you know, the First Nations uh, Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just say, I'm a huge fan and have been for years of Clint Eastwood. So, I mean, when I when I saw the executive producing credit, I just went, "Wow, that that a pretty cool." And, yeah. <laughs> and and how did that happen? And then as yeah. I started to, you know, of course, do a little more research, I saw saw your history. Wow, have you got an impressive uh, uh, file as well? The, the the work that you've done over the years, it's it's really quite remarkable. But what an oh, what you. an amazing affirmation, right? To have it as is. you say, the master sitting beside you to turn to you and say, okay, what what do we do to get people to see this film? And yeah. isn't that the, the 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 best exclamation mark you could get? Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better. And I, uh, I guess I reached, well, I hope I haven't reached the pinnacle of my career, but uh, <laughs> Funny. Funny. that was definitely one of them. But, sure. uh, you know, sure. I'm, I'm looking to direct more stuff, and I really actually want to direct more of Richard Wagamese's books. They're just Is so that good. Right, eh? You know, I have a bit yeah. of a, uh, I guess I can't say it's a regret. It's it's just unfortunate, but um, the, one of the publicists working uh, on Richard's, I uh, can't remember the name of the publisher, but of uh, several of his last I don't know, three or four books, I suppose, uh, was trying to get an interview uh, for my podcast with Richard. And uh, oh, as we know, wow. he didn't die that long ago. And no, it's just such a, a ago, tragedy. Yeah. So young. And oh, it's huge just, loss. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so tragic. Huge loss. Huge loss indeed. It's, uh, yeah, and not yet, just for Canada, but for the world. I mean, he's just such a great writer. And, you know, I'll be fully honest, I don't get to read much anymore. But, <laughs> right, right. You know, and a lot of people don't. And that's right. why I think Indian Horse, the movie, is a really great tool for people that don't read anymore. It's like, go see the movie. It's an hour and a half. You'll get to learn a lot about uh, what happened and, uh, you know, hopefully it'll affect some change. But, um, you know, reading Richard's books, it's just, it's just amazing uh, how beautifully they're written and how his characters are just so defined and, you know. What kind of can I ask you a little bit about the the creative process? And sadly, we've got to get you to another uh, another meeting in a few minutes, so we're going to have to wrap it up in, in a couple minutes here. But you know, you're working with your cinematographer, your DOP, who I know is quite quite uh, accredited as well. Uh, yeah, and your yes. and your and your writer and you and and you come to a scene like on the ice with the figurines. I mean, is that something that's that that's totally written in? Uh, Stephen, or is that the kind of thing that you guys, uh, your team, sort of say, says? You know, how can we really, really bring? Because that's a that's a powerful scene. How yeah. how can we really? I mean, so many like that throughout the film. But how do we drive that home? Do you, do you sort of, or is it is it more of an intuitive thing than that? Um, 
That's a good question. I mean, again, that came from Richard's book, so it was yep. the it was our jobs as filmmakers to go, all right, how do we take those words and put them on a screen? And that's my job as a director. I mean, that's right. literally the job description. Is no one gets to read the script. Uh, my job is to take those words and put it on the screen so you get that imagery. And so that actually, I'm glad you brought that up, it was probably one of the hardest things to film and to, to really transpose from, from, the, from the book to the screen because... Um, you know, how do we film it? How do we right. get the impact? We don't want to make it too heavy or too out of the blue. How could this happen? You know, so it was a fine line, and it was. I talked with my cinematographer Yves Belanger, and we figured out. You know, we were shooting in slow motion. We were shooting with wide angle lens up close onto the ice. So you know, we we did definitely had discussions about it and how to do it. And um, you know, on these smaller budget movies, you got to work really, really fast and. To be honest, I would have loved to have more time and really done it in a slightly different way. But right. I'm very proud and happy how it turned out. So sometimes when you are pressed for time or you have to really come up with ingenuity instantly, and that's what we ended up doing and getting what we did and what we put in the movie. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's very powerful um, imagery at it that moment. It really is, and it's, yeah. it's, it's powerful for so many reasons because I think so many of us have probably been lying flat on the ice like that feeling a little humiliated, like actually flying mm -hmm. flat in the ice, or and if not, metaphorically. And then to see that kind of, hmm, I don't know, the, the, the well, the deep-seated, again, we're back to that racism, the hatred, the, right. how, how could you ever treat somebody, you know, another human being like this? And I know it's easy to, to stand on, you know, a, a soapbox and point fingers and so on, and we're all, we're all guilty and we're all complicit in right. one way or another, it seems to me, but it just really brings the, 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 one of the narratives of the film really drives it home in such a significant way. And maybe, maybe it's back to your original comment about Richard writing with words that were so visual. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely comes back to that. And that's what my job as director was, is I needed to make you feel, I needed to, mm. to make you feel his words. And that was, you know, I was not going to say the toughest thing, but because Richard's words are so powerful. Yeah, but sure, sure. It was part of my journey to really get the essence of what he was saying and how do I make an audience feel the emotion and the brutality of what happens. And, you know, I don't want to depress everybody. The whole film is not a depressing. There's no. beautiful moments Absolutely. in the film. And in the end, you come away with the resilience of our wonderful First Nations people about how they are so resilient and they're still here and they're never giving up. And that, to me, is... A metaphor for life you know it's you never give up you need to find who you are and as you know in the movie the essence of finding your home your true home yeah you know, you know what I'm so glad you brought that up because I yeah. wanted to talk about that idea of home but the three H's for me can I go with the three H's yeah sure Humil humility hope and home were the three Beautiful. big themes for me that I'm getting actually as crazy as it sounds Stephen I'm getting goosebumps oh. while we're chatting <laughs> man and I uh, again I uh, sadly we got to wrap it up but what a what a pleasure uh, chatting with you thank you so much for a, a brilliant moving and an important film um, it's I hope everybody not only in Canada sees it but this I hope it goes hope it goes global that's what we're hoping too I think the world needs to see this movie. 
uh, all over the world because it's you know it's happened. A lot of countries have done this to their indigenous people. So it's absolutely, a, it's like I said at the beginning, it's a human story, not just a Canadian story. Uh, it needs to be seen. So thank you for your kind words, David. I yeah. really appreciate it and yeah. a really great interview. Thank yeah, you. Th- thanks. So uh, just before we let you go, Indi- IndianHorse.ca coming out April thirteenth uh, wide in Canada at Cineplex coming soon to a theater near you. And uh, we've been talking with uh, Stephen Campanelli today, director of Indian Horse. Again, uh, Stephen, thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Really great. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.